welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome man. Yo, yo, ah, now, tuned in to Al Joe the Funk Master. Watch a grill yoga knock out cold fast and talking shit. Now we talking facts. Where the mountain off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches. They find home on your mind about the devil. It's the weekly scraps. You don't need a map. GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow disease. Planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling. Uh, it ain't shit, it ain't shit. Motherfucker. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. We have UFC 263, big fight card. This weekend, the return of the last style bender. Israel Adesanya, Adesanya. Uh, hopefully I didn't butcher that too bad. Take it on, Marvin Vittori in a rematch. This is going to be a banger. And of course, we got the co-main event, which is also a rematch between Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo. So I'm really, really looking forward to this, especially those two fight cards, those two matchups in particular, because those are the ones that have some history, so to speak. And of course, we got right under the co-main event, we have the return of Nate Diaz, Mr. 209 Stockton, slap that ass, pause, taking on Leon Edwards, um, fellow brethren, Yadman, now living out in Berman, um, Otena, England. So you, you don't know. Big, big matchup. And uh, I just can't wait to watch all these fights. And of course, we got Damian Meyer, man. It, it, this, this is just a lot, a lot. So this fight card, from what I'm seeing right now, we have 14 fights on this one slotted so far. And um, I can't wait to get into it. So this is going to be kind of short and sweet. We're not going to get too crazy with every single fight because it's 14 fights. I don't want to bore you guys to death. And not really bore you guys, but I don't want to keep you guys here forever. I want to give you guys the goods. Make it short, sweet, complete. Um, as always, this podcast is brought to you guys by DraftKings. So make sure you guys go check those guys out, DraftKingsSportsBook.com. Um, so for me, I'm back in Vegas, obviously. I got some good work in over in New York. Got to go back, hang out with the lady, hang out and catch up on some things with some house stuff and all that stuff. And man, so crazy how the world works a guy that I went to middle school with, um, he went to the high school, I think, for maybe a year, and then something happened. He didn't go there anymore. I don't know what ever happened, but comes full circle. We're getting my mom's house fixed. We're redoing the basement, and um, there tends to be flooding happening. So now there's some flooding in the basement, and I'm just like, geez, what else can go wrong? Knock on wood, you know? So um, we had to get somebody, get a couple quotes. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Honestly, I'm over the quotes. Let's just get this done. Whoever we can get to get this done, let's just do that. Let me put this on silent because this is relatively loud. And um, with that being said, uh, the guy who we ended up running into was that guy that I grew up with who actually lived a couple houses down the block from me until he moved. So fascinated enough with that whole situation and... He's, I come to the house, I don't know who he is. And I see who it is when I get there, I'm like, oh, yo, what's good, man? I didn't know it was you doing this. Like, yeah, I haven't seen you in like years. So it was kind of crazy. We caught up a little bit and um, chopped it up. It's got to see all the stuff he was doing in the construction world with real estate. And um, obviously he's, uh, we, we got to talk a little bit about the fighting stuff, of course. Um, but 
my brother's actually fighting in June 19th, and he says he's going to actually come out for that. So it's just crazy how the world works, and the world is so small because people just reconnect all the time. Um, so, yeah, so with the foundation, he has to dig around past, like a foot past the end of the foundation. So he's digging deep into the ground. And he's going around the back of the house and trying to find the cracks. And then from there, he's going to put like, he's going to let it air out, let it breathe. Then he's going to wash it off. Well, he's going to wash it off, let it breathe. And then he seals it with some tar. And then he puts like this other membrane over it. It's a whole process. I didn't know it was that crazy. I thought you just put some cement over it. Boom, 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 done. And hopefully it hardens up. We wait for it to harden up. And then we put the dirt back in. But that's not the case. Um, he's obviously done this a lot more than I have because I have done it zero times. So with that being said, we're doing that. Um, that ran me a pretty penny. Um, not, not the end of the world, but a pretty penny, you know, to get the basement to stop freaking flooding because it's insane. It's like we're trying to do work and try to get everything nice and neat and issue. That's what they always say. You never know what's going to happen when you're running, when you're doing construction until you open the walls. And we open the walls, and it's like we let out the floodgates. And that means this was bound to happen whether or not we were fixing the basement. So it was going to happen. Eventually, the water was going to seep through, and we were going to have floods and trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And we used to, we did think it was the window, but it wasn't the window. It was actually coming through the walls this entire time. So long story short, again, that fix. And, um, yeah, so he gave me a... A solid price um, in comparison to the other people we've spoken to. So it's all good. I'm, I'm excited about everything and uh, can't wait to finally get that house finished so that we can move on to the next one. Um, other than that, like I said, good training. Got to work out with the guys. Got to help semi-teach class. Um, it was good to see everybody. Good to hang out and to have the Georgian dinner that Marab set us up with out in um, Brighton Beach, which was pretty sick. It was cool because normally we have fights, and then after we win, celebrate, whatever, um, even if it's a loss, we get together with everybody. And it's mainly, the, the main guys who mainly got together was always myself, Marab, um, Iaquinta, Weidman, Ray, sometimes Eric Heyer, and um, Matt Sarah, and Sherry. So to have everybody there from the team was pretty cool to have. It was like, a, I want to say it was easily a group of 25 people from the fight team, you know, and obviously some other people from like uh, Marab's friends and stuff like that. So it was cool. We just had a big group and we had a we had a great time. A lot of Georgian people came down, took a pictures, pictures with everybody and all the good stuff. So that was my week. And um, here I am again. And um, I forgot to tell you guys I'm vaccinated now. So hopefully if I start climbing these walls, you guys know why. Cause I, da, 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 da. <laughs> so I got the Johnson and Johnson and uh, I had to break in order to preserve my time in the summer. And I was just like, oh, adios mio. I don't want to do this, but if this is what I got to do. Uh, you know, it's my final swan song. Then I got it done. Whatever. So here we are. No mutations, no magnets, magnets sticking to my arm. I'm not sticking to the refrigerator every time I walk past it. And um, hopefully there's no chip in me. Right? All right. Let's get into this fight card. But before that, let's hear some words from our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbooks. So middleweight to 
welterweight. There will be no shortage of, of action this weekend at UFC 263 and DraftKings Sportsbook. The official sports betting partner of the UFC has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 100 to 1 odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. Will you be walking away with the cash? Just pick the main event fighter you think will win and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right. Bet $1 on select fighter and if you win you'll get $100 to in-site credits. So make sure you guys understand that. In-site credits, you'll get $100. So it's 100 to 1 odds. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test other than to put your money where your mouth is, $1, <laughs> on DraftKings Sportsbook. So it's pretty relatively easy to do this. So don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offer great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. This is the call to action. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code FUNKMASTER when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in site credits when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Main card fighter to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code FUNKMASTER to turn $1 into $100 in site credits on select main card fighters. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And must be 21 and older. New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. New, New customers only. Winners are paid out on site credits. When restrictions apply. See DraftKings. Black taxes for details. Gambling problem. Call 100. I always wanted to do that. And uh, I think I failed miserably. But, uh, you know, always wanted to do that. All right, so we have the main event, which is Israel Adesanya taking on Marvin Vittori. Adesanya, 20-1, and one, one loss to John Blokovic, going up to 205 and coming up short trying to win two belts. Um, the size difference was clearly apparent in that one. And then you have Marvin Vittori, who's 17-3-1. Now, that first fight was pretty close. I don't know about a split decision. I thought Israel won pretty, de- not decisively, but comfortably. But I could understand why people might have given him a round. I don't know about two, but I would have given him a round for sure. But the fight was close, and it got interesting towards the end, of course. Um, you got a guy who's super tough in Marvin Vittori who can take shots and can dish out the punishment. And once he can get you down to the ground, the guy can hold you there um, for a set period of time. So this is going to be interesting because obviously now this is a five-round fight, not a three-round fight. I do think the odds favor Vittori the longer the fight goes. That's what I think. I just feel like he does better over the stretch of the fights um, with the grappling that he's going to try to impose on a guy like Israel Adesanya. Because I can't see him beating him in a striking exchange. Um, Maybe he can clip him. Israel has been KO'd before, but that was in glory kickboxing. Different type of striking, different type of sport. It's the shots you don't see that hurt you the most, that do the most damage. And for this, I'm just not sure if Vittori can get it done with the reach uh, discrepancy as well. I mean, you got Victoria, who's six foot tall, 74 inches in reach, and he's 27 years young. So now we got Adesanya, who is 31 years old. He's six foot four, and he has an 80 inch reach, you know? So 
I think he's going to be able to use that to his advantage, kind of like what we saw with Rob Font versus Cody Garbrandt. Now, the difference is, obviously, Vittoria is not the, the speed powerhouse guy, the, the speed lands in the apartment of uh, Adesina. So for me, I see this going to be the main tool to victory, using utilizing that jab and staying long the same way he did against Paul Acosta and use, using a lot of those feints and those stutter steps and, and really trying to draw out the attack of Marvin Vittoria. I can just see Vittoria trying to be the bulldozer here, trying to really push forward. He's got to cut off the cage. If he doesn't cut off the cage and gives Adesanya all that rule room to kind of roam around and do whatever he it pleases, He's going to have a field day with him. I think he's going to pick him apart. But the striking exchanges, can he make it nasty and, and, and try to catch Israel going backwards or something like that? I, I don't know. I, I can't see that happening. Adesanya is pretty good defensively. He does get clipped here and there. But, you know, my coach always says, Ray Long always says, in order to knock somebody out, you have to be in a range or a position to be knocked out yourself. Meaning, if I can hit you, there's a good chance you can hit me too. So whoever lands that kill shot... It's going to get put down, you know, so this is the way I kind of see that fight going. I just think Adesanya has got all the tools to win. I do think Vittoria has turned over a new leaf. I mean, look at the guys that he's beaten in his run to get to the belt. Obviously, Robert Whitaker should have been having this one, but for personal reasons, he's taking his time and doing whatever he needs to do. So enter Marvin Vittori. He beat Kevin Holland, Jack Hermanson, Carl Roberson, Andrew Sanchez and Cesar Ferreira since his loss to Israel Adesanya, which was a split decision, which I don't agree with, but nonetheless, split decision on the record books. Um, he feels he won that fight. He really does. And, you know, time is going to tell. we got a couple of days and we're going to figure it out. I do think Adesina is going to get this fight done. Get it, get, I think he's going to get the job done. And I think um, Vittori, he's going to make it interesting. I just don't know when it comes to the footwork and the movement, if he's going to be able to cut off a Desenat against the cage and land that kill shot, like I said, or tie him up and slow him down. He did it the first time, but this is a new and improved Israel Asani. No two fights are the same. This is a way different fight. Both guys are in different positions um, technically and physically and mentally. They, they're just, they've grown so much since that last um, meeting that they had before in the past. Now, this next one, we have Davison Figueiredo versus Brandon Moreno. Now, Figueiredo, for me, I, I, he's such a wild card. He's an unorthodox fighter who fights with his hands all the way down by his waist. And once he lands that missile with a right hand, it detonates and it blows up and he puts people out. Uh, he couldn't put Brandon Moreno out. He did hurt him a couple of times. But let's look at the circumstances. These guys both came around and turned around and had a rematch, not a rematch, but had a fight three weeks after they both just fought. We can make the argument that Moreno took more damage in his fight and had to turn around and fight a guy like Figueredo, who is a punisher. Yes, but Figueredo also had to turn around and fight a guy like Moreno, but I do think Figueredo was a little bit fresher in that regards. But again, um, you can't take away the, the, the work that Moreno has put in to get to this position in the first place. I mean, look at his fight style. He's great boxing, great slips and rips. I got to move around with him at Extreme Couture a little bit, and he digs to that body, that, that liver shot, very, very lovely, slips that jab and gets in, and, and pop, 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 pop. And you know how he does his, his, his Brandon Moreno, you know? He does that rocking thing, and then he waits. You know, it's a little rhythmic, and having a rhythm can be bad, and could could be good for you, but for your opponent, if they could pick up on that rhythm when he's here, and then he comes in and 
snaps that jab. It comes right up the middle, and it's super hard to see because it's coming in a straight line, bang, and then turning it over at the very end, and then he's coming back, and then boom. So it's hard to see that because it's very piston-like and it's very quick. And obviously, these are 125ers. These guys are the flyweights. These guys are the fastest guys out there in all of whatever. I mean, there's probably atom weights or something like that. But in the UFC, these guys are the fastest of the fastest, you know, in terms of pound-for-pound quickness. These guys are it, you know. So if you blink, you can miss something. Um, I like Moreno in in this one. (sighs) I got to see him a little bit in some of the work he's been doing. Not too much, but some of it. And I like what he's doing. I like Figueroa and what he's doing as well. Um, I just think the technicalities and I th- of, of Moreno versus Figueroa, both guys having a full training camp. I could be completely wrong, but I feel like Moreno is going to be able to game plan and use his footwork and his speed and beat a guy like Moreno, who, who like a guy like Figueroa, who loads up on a lot of his strikes and looking for that kill shot. He doesn't jab too often. He tries to get in and he's bombing on you. He lines you up and then he's bombing on you. A guy like Moreno is a technician. I, I do think he's going to be able to get it done in, in this rematch personally. Um, but I also tend to pick people that I know personally as well, you know, so, which is not always the best thing. But, you know, I always got faith in the people that I know because I just feel like there's always a way to win in a fight. Always a way to win. And I think Brandon Moreno is going to be able to get it done. He's 27 years old. He's 5'7", um, 70-inch reach. And let, look at his career, man. He came off the ultimate fighter. He got into the UFC. Uh, he beat Schmoka. So he had the finale. He lost in the finale to Alexander Pantoja, um, to whoever. I don't know if he was in the actual finale or if it was just a matchup. He beat Prin- he beat Schmoka, guillotine choke. He lo- beat Ryan Benoit, split decision. Beat Dustin Ortiz, rear naked choke. Then lost to Pettis. Then lost to Pantoja in a rematch. Um, had a grappling bout. He got cut. Yep. He fought Perez, Mikel Perez, who's a very tough guy, um, Cuban guy. Uh, he beat him in the fourth round. He had a draw with Askarov in his return to the UFC. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's just interesting. Then he beats Kai Katafranz. Flaminga, he beats Brandon Royval in a tough fight where it looked like Royval was having some some success, but then his shoulder came out the socket. Dude, I fought with torn labrums before and and wrestled through it. And honestly, if you have a torn labrum and it's that bad, you need to get it fixed before you get into a high profile matchup like that where it's winner takes all. Because Brandon Royval could have been the one fighting for the title as opposed to Brandon Moreno. Things could have been very, very different had he had a proper shoulder and could have gotten through that fight and and won. He had to have won, of course. But that's not what happened. He went in compromise and, you know, you fight on the day of. You know, any place, anywhere, anytime. Based on those things, how were you on that day? That's to any place, that's to any time. So that's on you, man, you know. And I like Roy Val. I think he's a very, very tough skill dude. But, you know, that, that was a very ill-advised thing to kind of go out and, and fight like that. Um, then he had to draw to figure that out. And they're running it back, man. And it was the best fight in flyweight history in terms of you know, everything. Um, you had the technicality from Brandon Moreno. And then you had the slugging from, from Figueroa. Uh, Figueroa for Moreno and then for Figueroa. So it, it's a very, very good fight. Figueroa is 33. He's 5'5", and he has a 68-inch reach. <sighs> he's beat a lot, but a lot of good guys. 
Next up, we have Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. This is a good one, man. Now, super weird situation for Leon Edwards. Let's call it what it is. He's fighting a guy like Nate Diaz and who hasn't been very active, and he's on the cusp of a title shot. Nate Diaz is 36 years old, 76-inch reach, 6 feet tall. Uh, he lost to Masvidal. I heard that he got his surgery done for his eyes. I hope to God he did because, man, it would be a shame if he gets busted up again and they stop the fight because of the cuts and not because of him really, really taking damage, just that the old wear and tear from other fights are affecting his fights of late. So I'm really, really hoping that um, he really did take care of that because I, I would like to see this one play out and actually have them really, really get after it and see who can come out on top. Now, three-round Nate Diaz, I love him over five rounds because cardio king, but um, three rounds right here. Uh, he lost to Masvidal, beat Pettis, lost to McGregor in, in a majority decision, beat McGregor, beat Michael Johnson. You know, so he's beating some tough guys, but he's just not very active. His last fight, Masvidal, was 2019 in November. So it's a long time, man. And then you got Edwards, who just had a controversial win over Bilal. He's 29 6'2", with a 74-inch um, reach. So he's on a little bit of the, the disadvantage side with the reach advantage. Um, he had a no contest with Bilal Muhammad. He beat Dos Anjos. He beat Gunnar Nelson. He beat uh, Cerrone, Peter Sabata, Brian Barbarina, Vicente Luque, Albert Tubinov, uh, Dominic Waters. And before that, he lost to Kamaru Usman, the now reigning, defending, and dom most dominating champ uh, of late. In terms of what these champions have been doing of late, he's been one of the most dominant, you know? So uh, putting guys away, and that's just what he does. So here we are. Um, very, very compelling matchup. I, I think Leon looked so good in that fight with Bilal as long as it lasted until the, the eye poke that did some serious damage. Something about these gloves need to be getting. Yeah, they, they need to do something. They have to do something with these gloves because that's not fair, man. Um... Someone accidentally pokes you, and then you're in a shitty situation. You're compromised for the rest of the fight. You're, it's just so many things that goes into it. And it, it, there are gloves that can prevent it. And hopefully the UFC does the right thing and just pay these guys whatever they want to get paid, like, that they agreed with. Uh, you don't have to own everything The UFC. They don't have to own everything in terms of, like, they want full exclusivity to the gloves, the patent of the gloves. And I get that. You know, you own it. You're the man. You're the, you know, it's yours. But it's like, yo, these are eyeballs we're talking about. These are careers we're talking about. Longevity. It would be nice to, to make sure that everyone's protected, so to speak. You know, so uh, Leon Edwards looked good. Landed a nice high kick. He has a, a sharp, sharp, precise straight left. That just seems to always find his mark. I'm interested to see how there's two southpaws fighting each other. I know Nate sometimes switches it up. Sometimes Leon does as well, but for the most part, he's a southpaw. And I think that's what's going to make things very, very interesting to see who can go out there and pose their will. We know the jiu-jitsu skills of Nate Diaz. And then you look at the Gunnar Nelson fight. At the end of that third round with Leon Edwards, he got, he got taken down. His guard was passed, and then he got mounted, and he just held on to the body lock, and that was his defense for about 15 seconds or whatever it was, him holding on in that mount position. I'm just like, yo, bro, 
I'm just hoping over these past few years, he's tightened up that defense and really made sure he's made some gains in that department because he's going to need it. If he does manage to somehow get dragged down by Nate Diaz, I would imagine that Leon Edwards is going to be the more physical, imposing guy as Nate has always fought at 55. And the one time he came up, he fought freaking uh, Roy McDonald and it wasn't a good fight. He got kind of suplexed left and right all over the place. And I could tell it was just the physicality that he just wasn't filled out for that weight class as of yet. So now that he's a little bit older, a little bit more mature, maybe he's got that he's got that bigger boy strength for that this weight class at the welterweight division. We're going to find out, and I can't wait. I don't know who I'm really leaning towards on this because I feel like Diaz could put on a pace, but Leon could stall the fight, put him against the cage, and he could pick him apart from the outside and pick his shots. But the pressure of Nate cutting you off and just pushing forward as long as he doesn't get cut and a lot of bleeding where the refs are going to come in and bring in the doctor to stop the fight, this could be a very, very fun uh, matchup. It could probably, probably be fight of the night, in my opinion. Now, next up, we got uh, Bilal Muhammad. He's got redemption against Damian Maya. This is going to be not against him, but he's getting redemption and a chance to redeem himself and put himself back in the upper echelon of the division. You know, he came up short in that main event slot with the unfortunate incident of getting poked in the eye into a no contest. You know, time wasted. Now he's got another shot to try to redeem that and uh, show that he does belong in the top of the division with the rest of those guys. He's got Damian Maya. Uh, Bilal Muhammad is... 32 years old, he's 5'11", 71-inch reach, and then you have Damian Maya, 43 years old, 6'1", 72-inch reach. Eh. Damian Maya, we know if the fight hits the ground, good luck, good luck, you know, Um, because you're going to get taken. But Palau, he's got good jiu-jitsu. It's, so to speak, like stifling. So I don't know in terms of his transitions, if he's like that competent on the ground, but I know he can put you against the cage, make the fight a gritty fight, stomp those toes out, kind of like a Kamaru Usman can do, and um, I don't know, this one's tough to call. I, I think the age, I feel like Maya always gets tired in his fights, and I think Bilal Muhammad is going to be able to hurt him and eventually uh, possibly put him away. I, I, I do think this is going to be the changing of the guards, 43 years old, you know, He's the OG, the OG human backpack. I would hate to see him go out like that, but I just I just feel like that's probably what's going to happen. Um, so other than that, man, we're, we're not going to go through the rest of these fights. Just going to rattle off some big matchups. Paul Craig taking on Jamal Hill. That's, um, that's going to be a fun fight to watch. Trust me, that's going to be fun. Uh, Paul Craig brings it every time, and he's a very, 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 very slick guy on the ground. Uh, Jamal Hill is a new prospect coming in. He's been looking great of late, and uh, this could be the, the one that could put him into that, that new tier of that light heavyweight division at the 205 weight class. Drew Dober taking on Brad Riddell. Eric Anders at 205 taking on Darren Stewart. Lauren Murphy in a number one contenders fight, in my opinion, taking on Joanne Calderwood at the flyweight division. That's going to be a good one. And Hakeem Dawadu taking on Mozart. I just keep butchering names. Mozart Evluev. This is going to be a good one. I think both guys are on a pretty good streak right now. I think Hakeem is looking to make it six in a row. Evluev is 27-5-7. He's 72 and a half inch with the reach. Um, he's undefeated in the UFC. He's one, two, three, four, four fights in a row. Um, you, I can make the argument that Dewadu has fought the stiffer competition in the UFC thus far. 
He's 12, 1 and 1. He's 29. He's 5, 8, 72 inch reach. So that's pretty much virtually identical. He beats um, Zuba, Tugahov, um, Julio Arce, Hori, Bakniak, Arnett, uh, lost to Danny, Henry. I don't even know who the fuck that is. Gijin choking round one. Wow. And yeah, so I, I think this is going to be a pretty good scrap. Uh, don't know who's going to get it done. And of course, we got a guy, Matt Frivola, taking on Terrace McKinney. I don't know who this guy is, but he's 10-3, taking a short notice, 26, 5'10", 74-inch. He's from Chicago, it says. T-Rex, get it? T-Rex, like Rex, like, but he wrecks you, like T-Rex. Never mind, never mind. Um, he won his last three fights. And before that, he lost to Derek Miner, who's in the UFC, and Sean Woodson, who's in the UFC on the Contender Series via Flying Knee. Oh, I do remember this guy now. Okay, uh, so this should be a good matchup for, for Vola. I, I, I think, I mean, obviously, he's not the same fighter from then. He won three fights in, in 2021 and LFA and SHP, whatever the hell that means. Didn't it? Didn't it? So, yeah. For Vola's, you know, he's had a shit string of... Um, a shitty string of luck in the terms of like fights falling out. Now Camacho just got into an accident. I'm just like, yo, this is so unfortunate. Hopefully Camacho's okay, of course. Um, he had to take that fight with uh, Armin Sharyukian over at Fight Island after training for somebody else. I'm just like, dude, this guy cannot catch a break. And yeah, it was a good fight. He pushed the pace and, and took the guy into deep waters. And I think he um, might have shown some wrinkles in Armin's game. Obviously, it's a fight you're taking on short notice, so you don't really get too much time to prepare. And you kind of, it is what it is. You kind of roll the dice for both guys. But I do think a lot of people thought Frovola was going to get freaking steamrolled. And he did not. You know, he's the steamroller. And he came through, got a couple, I think he got a nice takedown. Um, he fought hard, man. He fought hard against a very tough dude who's easily top 15, top 10, who took Islam Makachev to the distance and got a couple of takedowns on him, who everyone's pegging as the next great um, defender of the uh, lightweight throne. You know, so that says a lot. So I think Favola earned himself a, a lot of uh, points with that one. And then you got Chase Hooper, young kid from the Funky family, not really, but from the Funky family with the haircut and everything. Taking on Steven Peterson. That's a good one. And, uh, yeah, Zayam. I seen this guy. Oh, Ferris Zayam taking on Luigi Vendrimi. I seen this guy a lot at the UFC PI. And Jake Collier taking on Carlos Felipe. So, other than that, man, those are the fights. Uh, remember to get those picks in. DraftKings. DraftKings is sponsoring this podcast. So, as always, if you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. Or spin it back, fist, baby. I'm going to wash you up. Boom, boom, I'm going to wash you up. Boom, boom, I'm going to wash you up. Boom, boom. All right, I'll see you guys later. I'm about to head to the UCPI. Peace.